Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next for a very special bonus edition of the show. Now, I know a lot of you, like me, are massive Game of Thrones fans, and I don't think this is a subject that has been talked about too much on post-wrestling. I know John doesn't watch it, I know Wade doesn't watch it, I know Brayden doesn't watch it. So, who am I going to talk about this show with? And I figured I would draft in my very good friend, Mike Hogan, fellow wrestling nerd, fellow Game of Thrones nerd, to talk about this show. Mike, how are you doing today? All right, mate. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm I'm wide awake. I've had my coffee. I've rewatched this episode. I'm I'm raring to go. What a joy. I've I've finished watching this episode literally 10 minutes ago. Okay. I haven't had the benefit of watching it and sleeping on it and then rewatching it. So, going in fresh. Excellent. So, we'll get two different perspectives here. I've I saw the episode last night. I actually went to a bar to watch the show, um, which was pretty cool, actually. It was similar experience to going to see something like Endgame or a new Star Wars film on opening night in the in the cinema where you get a lot of crowd reactions, which was actually pretty cool. And then I, I, don't I watched know it how again I... this morning. Sorry. Sorry, what did you say? I was going to say, I don't know how I could deal with people talking through thrones. It's one of these things where, you know, I just like silence. I just like to be fully in Westeros while I'm watching it. You know? So it was actually quite uh, funny because we, we went along. I called the bar to ask sort of how is it during during these shows? Do people take it seriously? Are people quiet? And he was like, yep, we're normally full. We dim the lights right down. We have the sound all the way up, we've got it on all the TVs, everyone takes it seriously, and he's like, I'll reserve you a great spot. So I was like, okay, I'm in. We went along, about 10 minutes before the end of the episode, this old guy and his girl come in, sit right next to me, and they go, I'm going to do it in a British accent, because I think you're going (laughs) to sort of understand how they are, but imagine this, but Canadian. It's like, 
All right, well, what's going on here then? Oh, they're showing that Game of Thrones show. Oh, what is this all about then? Oh, do you watch this show? No, I don't watch it. Do you? No, I don't watch it. Oh, well, anyway, do you fancy a gin and tonic? Oh, I'm going to have a gin and tonic. Yeah, I'll have two gin and tonics here, mate. And I'm... This is oh, all mate. in my ear. Kim's looking at me, seeing me just, like, tense up. And then... The killer for me was his phone goes off and then, hello, yeah, no, I'm just in a bar right now. Yeah, they're watching Game of Thrones. And I stood up, I loudly said, for fuck's sake, and I moved to the bar. That's a very British way of dealing with it. Uh, that was it, one step above a tut and a knowing glance. It's, I mean, you've walked into a bar which is pretty much pitch black bar the TVs. No one is talking. Everyone's watching this show. Don't you just turn around? Wouldn't you feel super uncomfortable by being there? I'd, yeah, like, read the room, man. The like, room. come on. It's not like it's a sports game on. The lights are dim. What, what do you think you've walked into here? It's not a boudoir. Like, you're in a bar. Like, everyone's watching the screen. Yeah. I'm very proud of you for uh, not lashing a drink at him because I definitely <laughs> would I, I was going it. through my head. Shall I just turn around and go, look, I'm going to cover your drinks, but you need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also the, uh, the Raptors were playing, uh, Philly, the 76ers last night in game seven. And it was like the final five minutes of the game as Game of Thrones started. So everyone was kind of updating the scores on their phone to see what happened. And Toronto basically won in the last second of the game. And it was the weirdest reaction to, uh, a sports win I've ever seen because everyone was <laughs> silent just going yeah and like <laughs> raising their hands in the air but not taking their eyes off the screen um so that was quite a cool experience as well uh but apart from that nitwit at the end of the night it was it was a pretty good experience watching it in the bar and it did feel it's cool watching it and having everyone like cheering at certain deaths and yeah. explosions and things yeah, I saw that uh, video that went round um, when I killed the Night King, and that was at a bar, and everyone went nuts at the end of it. Yeah. And that did look quite cool, but again, my thought was just like, I hope no one talks all the way through that. Like, But glad to hear it was a good experience. I think the thing to remember is anyone going to that sort of thing are going to be like you and me, and they're going to be going, I hope no one talks during this. True. Um, so Very I just want to go into how... How long have you been watching Game of Thrones? Have you been watching since uh, the first day it aired? Or, or are you a catcher-upper? Or what's your uh, viewing I start, experience? Um, I tried to watch the first episode quite a few times. I imagine a lot of people with Game of Thrones had. Um, but it wasn't until the second series came out on Blu-ray and HMV. They have that in Canada, I think, do they? Or they uh, did we used to. Time. They're all kind of closing down now. Yeah, well, it was the first time they were closing down in the UK, and they had the one and two box set um, on sale for super cheap. So I just thought, you know what, it's 20 quid. I'm just going to buy it and try and binge through it, and if not, trade it in. So sat down uh, for the first episode, and for some reason it just clicked. Uh, don't know why this time and not the others I'd tried before. And I was hooked, binge the entire first two series in about three days, I think. Uh, the joys of being a student at the time. And then I followed it weekly ever since the beginning of Series 3. Excellent. So You're a late bloomer, aren't you? I mean, I know I tried badgering you for ages to yeah, watch it. Well, it, it's weird with me. So I I heard about this show years ago because a, 
uh, a guy I went to drama school who was on the same, did the same course as me, but was a couple of years above me. Uh, his name's Kit. We just hear Kit has been cast in this HBO show playing Sean Bean's son. I'm like, okay, what's the show about? Well, it's kind of Lord of the Rings meets The Sopranos. <laughs> we heard yeah. that and then didn't hear anything about this show for for a couple of years almost. And then it came out. So it's like, oh, this is Kit's show. And like you, I watched the first episode. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's a lot of names I don't really know. And uh, I think I watched the second episode and then just didn't watch any more. And then I heard the buzz about it. And I thought, you know what? I know these are books. I would like to read them before I see them. So I'd kind of read each book before the season came out. And then after season four, I realized that they started going ahead of what was actually in the books. And I was like, yeah. I'm never going to finish reading these if I see the show. Because once I know what happens, I don't really have much interest in reading them because I'm a slow reader. It it takes a lot of time and effort to, to read for me. So I kind of was like, right, I'll hold off. I'll let George R.R. R. catch up with books and then I'll I'll watch the series at a later date. And as time has gone on and more buzz has been building and the more things that are spoiled in just memes and stuff online, I've thought, okay, I need to get back into this. Um, my girlfriend hadn't seen any of them, so I think it was about February. We were like, shall we start Game of Thrones from the beginning? And... I've got to admit, the first four seasons I enjoyed on first watch, but I wasn't hooked. I didn't have to watch the next episode right away. Yeah. On rewatch, I think having had the benefit of reading it and seeing those first few seasons a couple of times, it made everything click into place a lot more. And there's so much depth in these shows that it takes a rewatch, I feel, to really, really follow it. I think you follow the A story, but it's the B, the C, the D stories that you don't quite get fully on first watch at least that's yeah. what i felt oh no i mean this is going to make me sound super nerdy but as Braden says we like wrestling so you can't call anything else nerdy uh but i must have rewatched this uh series one two wherever about five times i'd wow. say and genuinely it, it's like a good book though you read a good book again and you pick up on things you didn't notice before and especially with the benefit of knowing what happens, you pick up on all the hints and the foreshadowing, um, which there's loads of in the first few series. So it's definitely a show that needs repeat watching. But it's funny you say about how you gave up after a first few series. I was the exact same with Breaking Bad. Right. Um, watched that for about three seasons and then just gave up on it for years and then went back and rewatched it all and for some reason just clicked. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's these uh, these more just deeper shows, these deeper shows with deeper characters, and it's a show about character development. I feel as much as what the story is. You're watching these yeah. people grow, and it takes a lot more investment. It's not something you can watch whilst you're playing about on your phone. You've got to put everything down and concentrate. And I think we're conditioned nowadays to always be on our phones, always be on our laptops whilst watching TV. And a lot of TV caters to that where you only need to half watch it and you can enjoy it. It's shows like this where you can't do that. No, and, absolutely not. And I feel that's that's the case with a lot of people who maybe have given it a go. It's like, well, 
did you really give it a go? Did you really switch everything off and watch it? Because mm. well, you disagree you know, with the... me there? Well, no, I just mean I can understand how the first episode, which features a bunch of zombies and then a brother and sister having sex in a roof and then pushing the child from said roof. I can understand how, you know, some people might be a bit put off by that on first watch. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But I also know a lot of people who, like, a lot of people go, I don't like any of that sort of medieval Lord of the Rings shit, so I haven't given it a go. And I also know other people who've said that then have given it a go and been like, this is the best show ever. Yeah. My dad doesn't like uh, any of that stuff. Like, he didn't really like Lord of the Rings, um, but he loves this show. Same with my brother. So I think it's something, and before we go into spoilers, and if you're just listening for the sake of listening to a podcast and you haven't watched this, maybe turn off and just give it a go. I imagine 99% of you have watched and have seen the episode we're about to talk about. But if you're just going, ah, what's there to listen to today and you're listening to us and you haven't seen it, turn us off now, just in case one day someone convinces you to watch this. Yeah, just put aside 71 hours or so. You know, it's, it's a weekend, end a bit if you throw a sickie and just get through it all and you'll have a really wonderful time. And Absolutely. then listen to the podcast from now. Right, so with that being said... Let's go into uh, this week's episode. So initially, we just wanted to do a little preview uh, to go into the finale. But as we know, the penultimate episode of each season tends to be the big one. And then (laughs) the last episode's kind of the fallout and the aftermath. And after watching this episode, I was like, we can't just skim over this. We kind of need to talk about this one in depth as well. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, there's so much to unpack here. Absolutely. So we're going to do a little recap of this, similar to how we do NXT. Um, Just chime in with thoughts and opinions as we go, and then we'll do more previewing, more predictions, and feedback at the end. Well, speaking of predictions, we both had our predictions for this episode. Oh, yes. Shall we read them first? Yeah. Go on. You first. Okay. Let me just get this up here. So... I was texting my friend just before the episode started and I go, mountain kills grain worm. The hound kills the mountain and is fatally wounded. Arya kills the hound to put him out of his pain. Jamie kills Cersei. Tyrion kills Varys as he plots to kill Daenerys. I got one of them right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got some of them right, just not how they happen. Sure. Uh, but I think Tyrion killing Varys is... I know he didn't pull the trigger himself, but he was instrumental in yeah in the death of Varys. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that one. What about you? What did you predict? Uh, so this is what I sent to my mate and then forwarded to you. Uh, so my gut tells me Cersei dies, and the episode ends with, to use a wrestling terminology, Danny turning heel by killing Vari- Var- Varys, Varys? Yes. Tyrion. Sansa or all of them and I was also saying to Laura uh, my better half before watching the show um, that I definitely could see uh, Arya killing Jamie somehow on the way to Cersei stealing his face and then being the one to kill Cersei in Jamie's face right. that didn't happen no but I, you, you hit a couple of them as well I was going to say uh, we'll get into how I feel about what they've done to my boy Jamie. Sure. Uh, this last episode. 
anyway. <laughs> So, Game of Thrones, Season 8, Episode 5. We open with Varys writing a letter saying that Jon is the true king. A little girl comes in and says that Daenerys isn't eating anything. And she goes, I think they're watching me, the soldiers. And Varys replies with, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. We then see Jon and Varys on the beach talking about Danny and how they're worried about her. And Varys says, every time a Targaryen is born, a coin is tossed and we hold our breath. And they both know what Danny's going to do. They both know she's going to take out the city. They don't know which way the coin is going to fall with her. Varys makes it quite clear that he wants Jon to be the king, as he knows he will be a good ruler. But Jon doesn't want it at all and says, she is my queen. And we pan over to see Tyrion is watching this exchange from afar. That was such a good line from Varys with the uh, the coin flip. Such a good way of looking at it. Because oh, you can absolutely. see through what they've said about uh, the Targaryens and even uh, Khaleesi's brother from the beginning. Like the coin definitely didn't flip the right way for him. And uh, you missed out as well. At the beginning, Varys was writing a scroll to someone letting them know about Jon's true parentage. Yes, who so, do you think this was? Like, we saw the letter, but we do not know who he's meant to be sending this to. I don't know, because everyone that he would, in theory, send a raven to already knows. Everyone at Winterfell knows, is in Sansa. Yara, maybe? But, you know, yeah, we, we've we already come back to the Yara last episode. series, really, have we? I think she may have gone the way of Tormund, and that's her written off. I like, think so, oh, too. She's just in the Iron Islands, looking after them. Yeah. Uh, Tyrion then goes see Daenerys. Uh, her hair at this point is a bit more wild. It's normally very well kept, but it's a bit frazzly. We see bags under her eyes. She doesn't look like the Daenerys we're used to. It's breakup Daenerys. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, tubs of ice cream Daenerys. Absolutely. <laughs> so she says, someone has betrayed me. Jon Snow has betrayed me. She says, Varys knows the truth about Jon because Tyrion told him and Sansa told Tyrion and John told her. Tyrion's defending knowing all this, saying, look, I'm your hand. I need to know these things. If there's anything that might be a threat to you as our queen, I need to know. And Varys is the master of whispers. He needs to know these things too. This is all to protect you. You are our queen. And she goes, well, why did Sansa tell you? She trusted you to spread secrets to destroy the queen. I know Sansa has it in for me. So she... She doesn't quite buy Tyrion's explanation. No. And he just said, Tyrion, uh, Tyrion's basically just trying to defend his and various actions, saying it's not malicious, we're just looking out for you. Which isn't quite true. Um, well, see... I believe Varys when he says he, you know, he's doing everything for the realm. And I, I really do believe, well, apart from what happened later on in the episode, but at this point, Tyrion really does have a lot of faith in Daenerys that she's going to do the right thing. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, as you said, Varys is doing this for the realm. He's not doing it for the better interest of Daenerys. No. We see Varys in his chamber who's writing another note and he hears the guards from behind the door. He quickly burns the note and takes off his rings, which kind of symbolises that he knows what's going to come his way. Uh, he's led to the beach by the soldiers where he sees Tyrion, Jon and Daenerys waiting for him. Tyrion goes up to him and 
he's really choked up at this point, says, it was me. And Varys nods in understanding. I thought this was beautiful. Yeah. Um, Tyrion has always been incredibly honest, a, a stand-up guy, and he's going to look his best friend in the face and tell him it, it was me. Um, Varys's last yeah. words are, I hope I deserve this. I hope I'm wrong. Goodbye, old friend. And Tyrion grabs his arm. Um, I was getting very choked up at this point. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I think Varys has been one of the, or maybe even the best secondary character in this show. Arguably, he's, he's a main character, but in terms of not in contention for the throne, he's been fantastic. And I do believe him, you know, he's done everything for the realm. And when you look at everything that's happened, I, I genuinely believe that he has, he has tried his best and he deserved better. Absolutely. He and he, he trusts in the system as well. And that's why he's, he's not kicking and screaming. He's like, yeah, I, I know what I've done is treasonous, but I'm doing this for the good of the realm and I fucking hope I'm wrong. But he was not. <laughs> he was not. Um, Daenerys sentences him to die. And there's this great shot as she's standing there. Drogon's head just appears just behind her from the dark and torches Varys to death as Tyrion looks on. That was a pretty badass execution. I yes. mean, I, I didn't agree with it at all, but that was pretty bad. Oh, I was mad. Like, there was, in the bar, there was a lot of sort of shuffling and, oh, for fuck's sake, like, no. The um, heel turn has begun. Yeah. We see Daenerys and Grey Worm, uh... Daenerys shows Grey Worm the only item Miss Sande kept was her collar. And Grey Worm just throws it into the fire. We're, this is a scene reminding us that they're both grief-stricken. She's lost her best friend. He's lost lost the love of his life. Um, yeah. John comes in and says, What did I say? Oh, sorry. John comes in and Daenerys says to him, What did I say would happen if you told your sister? She killed Varys as much as I did. Far more people love you than love me, and she doesn't feel love here, only fear. John I... tells her he loves her, and she will always be his queen. Sorry to jump in. Go for it. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I, and it might be a bit of a hot take here, I don't think Amelia Clark has been an amazing actress during the show, um, but this episode, she knocked it out of the park, I thought. Um, especially during this scene, you could really sense when, when she's saying, you know, Sansa killed Varys as, as much as anyone else. Obviously, we know as the audience that's not true, but you believe that that's what she truly believes, that her her mind is solely focused on the throne. And, you know, I, I thought she was probably the best, uh, even though we didn't see it for half the episode, what she did in the first half, absolutely the MVP of the episode for me. She's great. I, I've seen a lot of people say they don't particularly rate her acting. I think, I think she's fantastic. There's a lot of subtleties that... But she gets across, you know how she's feeling. And that's one of the things... We'll get into it more later, but a lot of people are pissed by this heel turn. And for me, mm. I've, I've seen it from yeah. seasons ago through these little subtleties, through these little looks. And I really feel you can see what's behind the eyes, what's going through her head so much of the time. Um, and yeah, you're, you're bang on here. She's the last episode as well. Just 
you can tell what she's the thinking rage at all she was times. Flying down. Exactly. The silent rage at all time. Um but she she replies to John, Is that all I am to you, your queen? She goes in to kiss him and they do kiss, but he kind of pulls away. Still kinda gross. Yeah. But she goes, Let it be fear. So this kind of showed that okay, all you are to me is uh all I am to you is your queen. I'm not your lover. You don't that's what I got from this scene. Yeah. I think John I think John genuinely does love her, bless him. He's he's like a little puppy, isn't he? Just following her around and, and again, like Tyrion, he really wants to think that what she's doing is for the best, but he also has in the back of my mind, you are my aunt. And yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you can tell that. I know there's been a lot of incest on this show, but this is one where, you know, at least one party is a bit like, yee, this is kind of weird. Um, but Danny, I think, is just, at this point, she's lost the plot. Yeah. And as you see, it, it only gets worse. I, I get the sense, especially with Tyrion and Jon as well, that this this journey has taken so long. They've seen so many kings and queens die, and they really want to believe that this woman is the one that will bring peace. And they're believing it so much to the point where... The may- signs have been there. Maybe they will ignore these signs because they just want it to be done. And now the further they're getting into it, they're like, oh, shit, it's not, and we're going to have to go through all this again. Yeah, almost a bit like they're too far in on the plan now to really pull back. Exactly. So let a couple of things slide and keep hoping for the best, but... Yeah, obviously, it's all coming crushing down on them now. We now see Tyrion uh, counselling Daenerys. He's begging her not to torch the city. He's saying there will be another way. You will be going against everything you fought for. You'll be killing thousands of innocents, including children. Uh, He goes, if the people know that they are defeated, they will abandon Cersei. They'll ring the bells to surrender. If that happens, please call off the attack. And she gives a slight nod to say, okay, if the bells ring, we will stand down. Um, Didn't then... believe that for a second. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, we then learn that Jamie has been caught trying to get past the lines. And Daenerys reminds Tyrion that next time you fail me will be the last time you fail me. I feel there's been a, quite a few times recently where... Daenerys has been blaming Tyrion for for things that aren't necessarily his fault. So, like Cersei going against her word, he told her that he knows his sister. Um, he blame, She blames Tyrion for that. Um, I felt she almost gave a look last week when he tried to talk Cersei out of, out of doing what she's going to do and then Missandei lost her head. I feel she almost blames him for that as well. So, yeah. she's gone, this is your last warning. So I, I really fear for Tyrion going into next week's episode. Oh, I thought he was a goner tonight, yeah. well, last night. Um, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, no. She's going to end this episode killing him. But I think, yeah, next week, unfortunately. Yeah. Curtains for Tyrion, sadly. Uh, we see Tyrion uh, approach Davos and says, you're a master smuggler, aren't you? Um, basically implying, can you help me get into where Jamie is kept captive 
we see Arya and the Hound. I love this little scene. Just this this twosome, I I just love their dynamic. I think they're so funny. Um, yeah, I, I would pay top dollar for a HBO sitcom of just Arya and the Hound. Like a buddy cop series. Yeah, absolutely. Killing people, collecting bounties. Like, that's the spinoff they should be running with. Uh, so this guard goes, hey, up, where are you going then? And she goes, I'm Arya Stark. I'm off to kill the Queen. I'm off to kill Cersei. And he's like, uh, I need to talk to my captain about that. And the hound just goes, all right, go ahead, talk to him. And they ride <laughs> off right past him. Uh, this he's is such great. a wave of words. Yeah. Uh, Jamie and Tyrion are in the tent where uh, Jamie's captured. Uh, Tyrion's trying to convince Jamie to go to Cersei and convince her to surrender. He says, uh, Jamie says he doesn't care about the innocents um, saving those lives. He really doesn't. He never has. I... I didn't quite like this line because when you go back to the reason why he killed the Mad King, it was because the Mad King was going to burn down the city and kill lots of innocents. And that's why Jamie became the Kingslayer and became one of the most hated men. So I thought this line about, oh, I've never really cared about the innocents, it didn't quite fit for me. I, how did you oh. feel about this? Don't get me started. Well, I'm going to get started on this. Sure, this is where I might rant. Jamie Lannister, up until last week, was by far my favourite character on this show. I thought the way they'd written his arc, from pushing Bran out the window in the first episode, to breaking down in a hot tub with Brienne, which was like his, well, obviously not, but his moment where he sees the light and changes, and he is a man of honour deep down. As much as he was blinded by love for Cersei, at, at the bottom of it all, he was a good guy. And last week and this week just prove it, it's like all of that was pointless because he never changed at all. So why even write his arc? I, that, I, this is by far the, the most disappointing thing for me about this season and and this character, just what they've done to him. I'm with you. I I think love does blind people, and I think humans are hypocrites. So I do uh, I do forgive like TV and film for writing characters as hypocrites, because we all are. We all say one thing, do another thing. Uh, but his arc has been fantastic. And I still believe he is a good man deep down, but his his unconditional love for Cersei is is greater than anything. I, I disagree. I, see, I thought he loved Brienne. I think that's what they've been hinting at and sort of building towards at the end of last season when they kind of interacted and it was awkward when he knighted her a couple of episodes ago. It's like they forgot that that happened, not three episodes prior. I wish for me, I wish that they, they never pulled the trigger on him and Brienne in the end, because yeah. I, I think that makes it, that makes him more of a, more of a dick here. He's, she basically, Lost her virginity to a fuckboy, essentially. And yeah. I really... The ultimate fuckboy move. Yeah, and I think I'd still... I'd have more respect for Jamie and still buy his character. As I said, I do believe he's a good man. It's just his love for Cersei overpowers that. But it was a dick move to sleep with Brienne. And I really feel for her. I hope she gets some kind of... Something next week, apart not just die saving Sansa. That would make me really sad. 
Well, we'll, we'll get to what uh, I think for Brienne at the end of the episode because I, I do think she is going to have a, a decent ending to the show. She, she needs, needs some to. redemption she needs after. To. Absolutely. Um, Tyrion tells Jamie to escape. Oh no, he says there is one innocent you care about, and that's the unborn child. If you if you don't care about those thousands of innocent children, do it for your own innocent child. You've got to convince Cersei. Take her, escape with Cersei the same way I escaped when I was sentenced to death. You can go into the pits where the dragons are. It'll lead you through a tunnel. You'll arrive at a little beach. There'll be a dinghy there. Take it to Pentos. Start your new lives together. He tells Jamie to spread the message to ring the bells in surrender because the city will fall otherwise. Jamie goes, look, Daenerys is going to execute you for this. He goes, well, if it stops this war, maybe she'll forgive me. And ten thousands, uh, ten of, tens of thousands of innocent lives for one not-so-innocent dwarf seems like a fair trade. That line broke my heart as well. No, he's, he's a good man. He's such a good man and has been all the way through. Um, yeah, I, I love Tyrion. He's, I think he's the one character left now that will just break me if I see him leave. If I see him yep. die. Well, you've got five days, uh, six days to prepare for that, I baby. Know. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says to Jamie, you were the only one that didn't treat me like a monster. You were all I had. The two and brothers embrace. They cry. I'm crying. This is super sad. <laughs> yeah, the, you were the only one who didn't treat me like a monster sign. Yeah. Uh, my, that uh, line, even. that That was the one that... That got me. It reminded me of um, when the Red Viper was talking to uh, Joff- uh, Joffrey Tyrion before his trial by combat, and he was like, "You know, everyone said you're a monster and you weren't." And for Tyrion, to sort of parallel that, and it was it wasn't just the Red Viper; it was Jamie as well who looked after him, which makes it all the more worse that it made him such a dickhead at the end. Ah, <laughs> this show. We see Euron and the Iron Fleet getting their uh, scorpions, the kind of giant crossbows, the dragon-killing arrows ready. Um, we see the soldiers of King's Landing getting into position. Um, the Lannister army is led by a man on a white horse. That white horse might be significant a bit later on. Hmm. Uh, Tyrion reminds Jon, if you hear the bells ring, they've surrendered. Call off your men. Tyrion's really driving home these bells. The bells will ring. They'll surrender. It's over. We've won. Do not kill innocent lives. And that's the name of the episode, by the way, as I've just learned. Uh, the bells. You know how? Yep. Because they're not releasing obviously the names of the titles beforehand. And last night's episode was called the bells. Excellent. Yeah, I like that actually. That they're not giving anything away until after the fact. Yeah. Um. We see this has pretty much been Cersei's job all season, just standing in this window. Um, but you've got to give it to uh, Lena Lena Headley. Heady, is it? Heady. She's she's incredible as well. That you can tell exactly what she's thinking with such little looks, and it starts from the beginning of this episode. Her looking out, and she looks confident as fuck. How that's going to change? <laughs> <laughs> just a bit. Uh, the gates of the capital are shut, trapping all the innocents in the city. Um, this has been Cersei's plan. She doesn't care about these innocent lives, 
but believes um, believes Daenerys does, and that's that's what her downfall will be, is that she won't want to kill innocent people. So that's her protection, this kind of human shield uh, of the innocents. We see Daenerys on Drogon flying, and they just easily take out the entire Iron Fleet. Um, this I, I have a bit of an issue with, just because how easily... Um, which dragon was it taken out? Was it last week? Uh, Rhaegar? Rhaegal? Right, and how they they didn't see the fleet at all in that episode. With yeah. two dragons, they didn't manage to take out the fleet. And this piss-easy, with one dragon, just takes out the entire fleet. We see Euron jump off the ship just before it's destroyed. At the bar I was watching, there was a huge cheer at this point, as everyone thought Euron had actually gone up in smoke i thought he had as well he kind of it obviously jumped off but it looked like that ball of fire was right on him yeah we see the two armies staring each other down as the as the lannister army is guarding the gate and then drogon flies in from behind breathes fire takes out the gate so easy taking down many of the soldiers and then they charge uh Really, Daenerys' army and the dragon are making incredibly easy work of this. You you wonder why they didn't go earlier, really. Light work. Yeah, it's super light work. Uh, Cersei starts to look on. We see that shot of her in the window again. And her expression has slightly changed. She's getting a little bit more... Fuck. Um, Quyburn informs her that the scorpions have all been taken out. Yeah, Cersei's basically going, it's fine, it just takes one shot. One shot, we take down the arrow, we still have more men, we take them. It's like, uh, well... <laughs> it's like... The... Sorry. Oh, no, go on. No, I'm just going, she's going, well, we've still got all the scorpions, Cersei, um, Quiburns. Uh, all the scorpions have been taken out. She's like, yeah, but we got the Iron Fleet, though. Uh, yeah, they're up in flames. Yeah, but uh, we still got the gates. No, the gates have been breached. We're, we're pretty fucked here, Cersei. It's like that Simpsons episode where Homer has the pig and it's like, oh, it's just a little airborne. It's fine. It's still good. It's still good. Oh, it's just in a river. It's still good. It's still good. You know, just hang on to what you've got. Do you believe that Cersei still thinks she has a fight in here or she's just putting up a front? Uh, I think at some point she's still putting up a front because I think she's kind of made her peace with the fact that she's not going to start burning everyone directly in front of me just yet yeah. so she maybe she's thinking you know maybe i'll surrender maybe this is just a ploy for it but i'm sure she still thinks there's a shot it got me thinking as well throughout this episode how much did cersei actually want to be queen herself or mm. i mean she she's always said the children is the one thing she loves how much was it she wanted them to be in power because they're her kids and she wants the best for her kids has she or has her endgame always to be queen? And at this point know. she feels trapped and it's like, well, it's mine now. It's mine. She seemed pretty happy uh, and not really that asked when Tommen killed himself. You know, she was pretty made up with the fact she was on the throne then. So I don't think maybe it wasn't something she always wanted. But when it happened, she wasn't going to complain yeah. about it no matter what the cost was. She says, the Red Keep has never fallen and it isn't going to today. Uh, there's a stare down... Oh, my notes have just disappeared, sorry. Uh, 
we have a stare down between John, Grey Worm and their men and some of Cersei's only remaining men. And Tyrion is looking on at the bell. He he knows they've they've won this fight and they should be surrendering now. They should be ringing that bell. All the innocents are just looking at Drogon in horror. This this dragon used to be looked at in sort of wonder and admiration. Now it's pure fear from these innocent people. Uh, the soldiers are staring down with John and his men. They realise they've lost and they throw their swords down in surrender. You start hearing a voice saying, Ring the bells, ring the bells. More people are screaming. Ring the bells, ring the bells. Cersei's looking on. She knows she's lost at this point. It's it's over for her. We see Daenerys on her dragon. She can hear the innocent screaming, ring the bells. And they made this very clear. You could see from her point of view that she can hear this. She can yeah. hear these innocent people surrendering. The tension during this was insane. I mean, I kind of thought, I don't think she's going to be asked if the bell rings or not. But just the tension, the tension, the tension. Was she going to strike before they rang the bell? Would they ring the bell at all? Yeah, I just thought it built perfectly. And the score, as it always is, just played into oh, it beautiful. fantastically. Um, just to be just to be in a bar watching this, a packed bar, like, there wasn't an empty seat. And just the silence watching this, the holding of the breath, what's going to happen, is really quite incredible. And I don't think you're going to get it too much with TV. Not events like this. No. This is like a, a proper phenomenon at the minute. I know it's been big. Uh, the last few series really started generating steam. But this last series really feels like a pop culture event. Oh, yeah. I mean, as I said yesterday, the Raptors were playing in the in Game 7 of the playoffs. Big, big game. The sign on the front of the door of our bar, of the bar I went to, said, uh, today we're supporting dragons, not dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said, it was packed. I mean, people were into, into the game. They were watching the phone, but they chose this episode of Game of Thrones over Game 7. Crazy. The bells are ringing and there's relief comes across uh, like Tyrion's face. It's like, it's over. We've won. These lives will be saved. And I felt Cersei almost looked relieved at this point. At this I point... I think she kind of felt safe almost. Like, she did. Oh, at least I won't die. Exactly. I think at this point she kind of knows her reign as queen is over. But at least her life will be spared, hopefully. She can get out of there. Uh, she looked relieved. It was, as I said, I thought she was fantastic in the... On paper, very little for her to do. Just stare out this window and react slightly differently each time. Um, she was awesome. Yeah, she showed so much with, that, with saying so little. Absolutely. Daenerys is on Drogon and she hears the bells. And she gets choked up. She's close to tears. She knows she's won this war. She is the queen now. She knows she's got the Iron Throne. And then she looks ahead... And anger and loss and grief fills her face and she goes, fuck it. She flies off and burns the city, killing I, thousands of innocent lives. I wish she had actually said that. Fuck on, it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Come on, Drogon. Yeah. This, 
this was the moment I think a lot of us have been waiting for, have expected, have called for a long time, but to actually see it happen. And in oh, such so, a so shocking. In such a big way. It's killing Varys, even her killing John or something like that wouldn't have the same impact this does. They've shown us the children in this city. They've shown us the innocent women in this city. And she knows she's won. But how much of this comes from... I mean, it's a combination of things. She's lost Jorah. She's lost Missandei. She's been told she's the rightful ruler. She, she says early on, okay, fear it is. She knows she isn't loved anymore. So why does she need to try and get love out of people? She will rule with fear rather than love, which is everything she always fought against. Um, yeah, and she's her father's daughter, and you know it's been it's been said to her throughout the series. You know, how, you're not your father's daughter, and you're not this, and you're not that. But I'm sure in her own head, she's had an internal battle. You know, it, as you said earlier on, there's been signs throughout yeah. the series that she's got it within her. Yeah, um, this bit made me sad as well. We see Grey Worm, who's with John, with Davos, with the other men. He's staring at the men who have all thrown down their swords. They're completely unarmed. And you see the anger cross his eyes. He's seen what his queen's done. And he is standing by his queen no matter what. And he throws a spear, killing one of the unarmed men. And all the men charge and just start slaughtering the unarmed army. This this heel turn got me as well. Like... You know what they say, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah but was I don't know if this was quite a heel turn or more just uncontrolled grief and rage. Like, Grey Worm knew in that moment that already won and was just happy to take however many down with him. I don't think he would have been bothered if he had died during this battle. No, but they were unarmed. It's, True. Di- it's different if the bells rung, they still had their weapons on them. These were just men standing there. Giving their trust into these men that the the rules of war, you surrender, you surrender. And just drove a spear right through the man's heart. Uh, we see Tyrion looking on in horror. John is horrified. He's trying to fall back whilst all the other men are taking out these uh, this unarmed army. We see innocent women just having their throats slit. We see a little girl trying to hide behind a wall, just watching on in horror. And John uh, John goes up to a man who is trying to rape a woman and pulls him out off. John still at this point is trying to see good in people and he kind of gives him a lot, a look like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop it. The man goes to kill him. John drives his sword right through the man's stomach. Um... Credit to to Kit Harrington here. Yeah, sorry, Kit Harrington here as well as John. Just you saw the despair on his face, looking around at this. These are the men who've been following him. He, it's his army that have just gone pure evil, really, at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's awful for John. He's in a position where all of his worst fears and everything that people have told him is coming true right in front of him. And, you know, he's, he's probably realising that more people follow Daenerys than he thinks as well. 
Um, you know, well, I suppose they could just be killing for the sake of it. But I, I don't know. I think there's a bit more to it. And with obviously him taking some out later, it seems pretty even side for next week. Yeah. He's he's just one of them by association as well. Like, he he must feel he's partly responsible completely as well. Yeah. And you're going to have some of his people who are probably pretty pissed off that he bent the knee for Daenerys, oh, regardless of, of the cause. He could have stopped um, this. Yeah. Uh we then see Euron, who has survived, washed up onto the shore and sees Jamie Lannister. Uh, Jamie says, look, we have to get the Queen out of King's Landing. We've got to save the Queen. Um, and Euron goes, hey, Kingslayer, do you want to try and add another king to your list? Jamie's going, you're no king. And he's like, well, I've been fucking the Queen, so that makes me the king. He's just said, look, I've been fucking your sister, who you're madly in love with. Uh a lot of emotions you can feel by that kind of <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Uh, the two start to fight. Uh, Jamie gets stabbed in the side. Obviously, Jamie used to be an incredibly skilled swordsman. He lost his hand. He's now had to adapt and fight with his left hand. He's still pretty good, but he's just no match for, for any skilled swordsman at this point. How can they build a fully functional wheelchair for Bran in the north and yet Jamie Lannister of the richest family going gets some gandy hand with no flexibility to it? You're telling me no one in King's Landing could have worked a hinge, given him an opposable, uh, an opposable thumb or something like that? Yeah, but it's made this of gold, scene... though. Well, yeah, I guess. You can always pawn it, you know. I mean, maybe not now, but if time's ever got hard for him. This scene just bugged me out of all of the way. And I know he didn't technically die here, but this was, you know, there, there was no getting out of this for Jamie after this. All the people and you're on fucking Greyjoy is the one to do it. Yeah, I think... <sighs> My I think boy at this, Jamie. At this stage, this wasn't the showdown we were expecting. Everyone was expecting uh, the Hound versus the Mountain in this <coughs> episode. A lot of people were expecting a... An Arya Cersei showdown, or even a Jamie Cersei showdown. Euron, I mean, I guess it makes sense. He's been, he's been with Cersei, but he's yeah. I, I'm with you here for Euron to be the one that kind of kills him. Not cool. Um, Not cool. We see Quyburn, who's trying to get Cersei to escape. She then starts crying, which we rarely see from Cersei. Even even when she's stripped naked and people are throwing shit at her, she still ha- had that composure. This point, she looks like a completely different woman. She's she's crying. She's defeated, and she can't really yeah. see where she's going next. We go back to the Jamie and Euron fight. Uh, Jamie's down, and Euron goes, "You fought well for a cripple." Jamie starts crawling again after the sword. Euron did do this this little look here, which I, I kind of enjoyed, which was like, for fuck's sake, we're going to go at it again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie manages to grab the sword, gets stabbed again by Euron, but Jamie drives the sword right through his belly and twists it deep, deep, deep into his stomach. And Euron goes, another king for you. Jamie staggers off, leaving Euron bleeding to death. And Euron's just shouting after, but I got you. I got you. 
and he looks to the camera and goes, I'm the man who killed Jamie Lannister. And at that point, I told my television to go fuck itself. I thought that line was kind of lame. I Yeah. I thought, I got you, I got you, that was fine, but the sort of looking into the camera just as he's dying and saying those words, I thought was a bit cheesy. I, I think it's best we move on from this okay. part, Davey. I'm, I'm just going to be annoyed for the, for the rest of the podcast now. Hey, you like these two? The Hound and Arya. Yeah. Uh, this scene is lovely. I really enjoyed this. Uh, the Hound tells Arya to go home. He's saying, look, Cersei is dead, whatever happens. Uh, she's either going to be killed by a soldier, by a dragon. She's not coming out today alive. Go home. Save yourself. He goes, I've been searching for revenge all my life, and look at me. If you come with me now, you will die here. And Arya, I just fucking love Arya. She's she's this badass killer. But there's these moments where she just shows glimpses that she's still that child you see in episode one. Yeah. And here she shows that she looks completely innocent and... She she believes... Yeah, she's like, you're right. And she goes, Sandor, thank you. That was and that, a rough one. Yeah. I don't think we've ever heard anyone call him Sandor. He's always been Clegane or the Hound. This relationship from Arya having the Hound on her list to now Sandor being one of her best friends, really, and someone she trusts and believes in. Oh, this they, this broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, talking about arcs again, they have been so crucial to the to the others. And I know the Hound wasn't there for a while, and we kind of thought, "Ah, oh, you killed him." Um, but Arya was this child that learned to be tough, and you know, become a ruthless killer. And the Hound helped in that. And the Hound was there to sort of remind her that you know, you are still Arya Stark. You are still a child. And in the same way, the Hound, to begin with, was such a brutal person. But Arya almost showed him a softer side or brought out his softer side. And, you know, their, their journey together has been fantastic. And that that's one arc which I think they've, they've really nailed. Absolutely. As you said, I want to see that alternative, alternate universe buddy cop series with those two it will be awesome. Yeah, I mean, they jumped about from place to place so quickly in this uh, this series and the last, you know, the first few series, you'd see a lot of the journey, whereas now it's just, and now we're in Dragonstone, yeah. and now we're in King's Landing. So there's got to be a whole series or two of adventures from Arya and the Hound leaving Winterfell to getting to King's Landing that HBO should throw a lot of money at. Yeah, completely. We... We then see this flight of stairs with the mountain, with Cersei and Quibon. They're oh, heading yeah. down. And this shot for me, you're not a big Lord of the Rings fan, are you? Uh, no, don't like it at all. Okay. Sorry, everyone. This shot really reminded me of Lord of the Rings because they're coming down and we just see the mount- uh, Sorry, the hound's arm come into the shot with his sword and he enter the shot looking up. The, the sky is golden. Uh this just looked awesome and you knew we're finally getting it. We're getting Clegane Bowl. We're getting the fight we've been waiting for. And he just goes, hello, big brother. Fights off. Their horns. 
We needed air horns for this. Yeah. <laughs> Fights of four of her men. Uh, and Cersei's going, Sir Gregor, stay by my side. Obey your queen. Stay by my side. And Quibon nah, goes, mate. yes, obey your queen. Stay by her side. The mountain just grabs him by the head, cracks it against the wall, throws him down the stairs, killing him effortlessly. Maybe the best death oh, of the episode to me. So that was hilarious. The mountain and the hound are staring at each other, and Cersei just goes, "Okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna walk down here. I'm just gonna leave." She sort of hovers by the hound, like, "Are you gonna kill me?" Nope. Okay, right. I'm off. See you, lads. This was everything I wanted it to be and more. I, I've come on and to speak to you with no time to read any feedback, so I don't know whether people liked it or not. But for me, Click Game Bowl was awesome. Everything it should have been. Now, yeah. the bar are cheering at this point. The Cersei walking off, everyone howled laughing, and everyone's just whooping, clapping, like really fucking getting into this scene. Uh, they start fighting... The mountain's helmet comes off, finally revealing his bald zombie head. Sandor Clegane looks at him and goes, yeah, that's you. That's what you've always been. Uh, Cersei runs off and runs into Jamie. They embrace. Cersei sees he is wounded. We go back to the fight. Sandor drives his, his sword right through the mountain's tummy. And the mountain just shoves him off pushing him down the stairs, pulls the sword out, and then is like, I don't even need this armour. Rips the armour off. Uh, we have a shot of Arya running away from all the devastation. Uh, Gregor chokes the uh, the hound and, like, rises him up against the wall. Uh, and then the hound stabs him in the neck, stabs him in the chest, stabs him in the stomach, and just yells, fucking die! And just... <laughs> I popped so big for that. I, I love the bluntness. All all of uh, the Hound's lines, just the bluntness. When he calls someone a, a cunt or just goes, you fucking idiot. or He's just so blunt. And it's... Yeah. There is swearing throughout the show, but it's always just so much funnier. And as I said, blunt whenever he, he does it. So this just, oh, for fuck's sake, fucking die. It was brilliant. Swearing is a skill for the Hound. Absolutely. Like, it absolutely is a skill for him. Uh, the mountain then starts squeezing his eyes like he did to the Red Viper. You think he's going to pop his skull. Yeah. And then the hound... I was terrified. ...stabs him right through the head. The mountain staggers back and just pulls it out. He knows, the hound knows there is no way he can kill this man. So he just runs at him channels his inner Roman reigns, spears him through the barricade, and they <laughs> plummet to their death in the fire. How fitting the two brothers die in fire. I would love to go for a pint of the Hound almost as much as I'd love to go for a pint of Roman reigns, to be honest. He came into Gabby's once. Who, Roman or the Hound? The Hound. Oh, I he, mean, that's cool. He came in <laughs> and apparently ordered... I'll have a chicken quesadilla, extra guacamole. <laughs> oh, I, whoever was serving must have just been like, mm, don't make a chicken joke. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this scene was awesome. As I said, it 
just the way it was shot really reminded yeah. me of Lord of the Rings in its epicness. Even the two of them falling into the flames was very much like Frodo and Gollum at Mount Doom. Um, it it made complete sense that they die in fire, just a poetic ending. Um, and I also was devastated because the Hound is just... You talked about Varys being one of the best supporting characters. The Hound is up there as well. Just yes, so loved. I'm sad that he's gone, but I'm glad that he he fulfilled his purpose. He did. He wasn't asked. He said last week, you know, I don't plan on coming back. As long as the mountain was dead, he could die in peace. Die happy. So pour one out for the hound. Uh, and he was also brought back because his, his purpose hadn't been fulfilled yet. Remember? Yes. Uh, John's ordering everyone to fall back, fall back. Arya wakes up from the rubble and just sees complete destruction around her. She sees a load of innocent people hiding, a mother cradling her little girl. She's going, look, you can't stay here. You've got to keep moving. If you stay here, you will die. Uh, She orders them to follow her, trust her, follow me. They are running, as you see, I believe it's Dothraki start riding past and just hacking people to pieces all around them. I thought they were all dead last week. I thought thought all the Blood Riders went in and were very quickly extinguished by the dead. There must have been more left, because aren't those like curved, like sickle kind of blades? That's what the Dothraki use, isn't it? Yeah, there must have been some who saw the first lot go and was like, uh, do you know what? Probably not going to follow them. Yeah. Um, The mum falls over and the little girl is calling, Mama, Mama, Aya tries to pick the mum up and carry her, but the mum just falls down again. Arya grabs the little girl to save her, but the girl runs back to be with her mum, and fire fills the screen. Uh, Jamie and Cersei are trying to escape. They're, they go down to where the dragon skulls are, and they see that all the exits have been blocked by fallen rubble. Cersei goes... I want our baby to live. I want our baby to live. Please don't let me die. I don't want to die. I never thought I'd be getting choked up over a Cersei death scene. No. And I I was. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I wasn't getting choked up, but I think this episode did a a fantastic job from when Daenerys started raining down fire of almost making you feel sorry for Cersei. Um, you know, watching her go from that confident looking face to the tears rolling down uh, uh, in, the, in the top of the red keep to when she walked past the hound and was like, please don't kill me, to, to now with Jamie. It's unbelievable uh, directing. I think the chap's name, Miguel Sapochnik. Right. Uh, he also did the Battle of the Bastards and he did the Battle of Winterfell. Um, I think he did Hard Home as well. Typically big battle pieces like this one was but i thought he nailed the the character um sort of switch uh just for this one episode of making you start to feel like oh cersei you know i feel for you i i did i completely felt uh, felt for her and i didn't i didn't feel it felt out of place i i believed the transition to get her to this point um yeah. and going it was again, a tragedy it was i want our baby to live this is the one thing we've known throughout the whole series the thing she cares about is her children, her babies. And there's also something, it's always, you always see in these 
TV shows and films, people die honourable deaths. They, they sacrifice themselves to die. There's something that really gets to me when someone admits, I don't want to die. I, I still want to be alive. I do not want to die. That always really gets to me. Like the guy at the end of the Green Mile, don't turn the light out on me. Heartbreaking. Oh, absolutely. And this and, has uh, been your main villain that is making me feel like this. I know. I think it, because, you know, it, it, uh, it really focused on the women and the children. Like, this was a very gory episode. We saw a lot of innocent people get killed. And so you kind of, it, well, for one, it really made you turn on Daenerys for doing all of this. And two, you know, it, it showed the more human side of Cersei. You knew she wasn't going to get out. I mean, um, I imagine probably a lot of people would have wanted her to have uh, more of a gruesome death or for someone to actually kill her. But but it kind of made sense. And sadly, uh, Jamie's prophecy was right. Well, almost self-prophecy when he said he wanted to die in the arms of someone he loved. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone thought that would be Brienne. Um, but it was Cersei and, you know, it, it was always her. Yeah. Um, and Jamie says, nothing else matters, only us. As the rubble starts to fall and we see these two lovers die in front of our eyes. It's House Lannister gone. If you're uh, keeping score at home, that's another house gone. Well, I mean, do you count Tyrion? Uh oh god yeah I forgot about it. Yeah, I did I said exactly the same thing yesterday. I'm like, oh the Lannisters are gone. Oh, Tyrion. But uh well it's not like he he'd pick up the mantle and, and rebuild House Lannister, yeah. assuming he, he lives next uh next week. I I think just Tyrion. It upset me like you, Jamie's character arc, but this also did make sense for an ending. It's just it... you you saw him become this hero and he wasn't at the end. He just went back to who he was day one. Maybe went back to who he was day one, but with more love and a bit more honourable. Um, it was sad. It was almost like, you know, Stockholm Syndrome. He went back to what he knew. Yeah. And, it, you know, it makes sense if you just ignore all the things that happened between him and Brienne. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because I never thought that he would go back, I thought his arc would lead to him killing Cersei. I thought so too. Um, but, you know, it almost makes him a much more tragic character that, you know, he, he didn't, maybe he didn't think he was worth anything more and it scared him being with Brienne and that's why he ran back. I think so. I think so. Um, and as for Cersei, as you said, I, you feel a lot of people might think she should have had a more gruesome death. She, you've seen her gradually just be broken in this episode as it goes on. As I said, especially from those shots of her in the window, she is full of confidence in the beginning and just has watched the destruction of everything she's worked for her entire life and leading to the death of her her lover, her unborn child. I think it's it's not as gruesome she was dying as just the whole episode. She was, exactly. It was a slow death throughout the whole episode and she knew that it was inevitable. Um so maybe it was more fitting this way rather than Arya slitting her throat or something. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Arya had the chance to do so. And even she thought that, she, that it wasn't worth it. She wanted to to live her life. Um, I think maybe another name has been added to her list to replace Cersei. 
Um, but yeah, it, I thought it was a very fitting death. Uh, and at the end of the day, can't we all just be glad that she's gone? Yeah. <laughs> we then have the final scene. Ash is falling from the sky. Everything is destroyed. We see Arya Stark. Arya sees the burnt bodies of the mother and daughter embracing and a tear drops down her cheek. Everyone is dead except for Arya and this white horse that just walks into the picture. The music is beautiful. We have like a sad version of the main theme played with some high strings. Arya climbs on the horse and rides off into the distance. I thought this final scene looked beautiful just the gray of all the ash with that golden sky in the background the white of the horse contrasting against it and just Arya once again all alone again everyone's died around her riding off do Uh, you think that the horse was bran so so i did see a meme (laughs) which was uh bran is calling on uber for Arya stark (laughs) and the horse shows up uh but yeah, I think it very well uh, could be. Um, I assume everything. she's going back to Winterfell, I imagine, to tell Sansa everything that's happened. And we're leading to, I guess, the final fight, which is against Daenerys now. See, when they were all charging into King's Landing, I said to Laura, you know, is this just going to end in a fist fight between Daenerys and John? Like, who else is left but with John pulling his forces back and uh, the Dothraki seemingly back and the Unsullied, there's there's enough on either side for a decent fight. But where does it happen? Yeah. I think, well, King's Landing's done now. So I assume... Uh, I've, I've blanked on the name. Winterfell. I assume Winterfell's going to be the new uh, kind of royal city, I guess. I don't think we're entirely done with Winterfell. Um, I can't remember if it was Bran's vision when he first touched a weirwood tree or when it was Daenerys when she was in the House of the Undying in season two. But we finally saw that shot of the big dragon flying over King's Landing, um, which was hinted at years ago. Yes. So the only thing we haven't seen now is Daenerys walking through a throne room which I'm pretty sure until a few weeks ago everyone thought was snow, but now we know it's likely ash. Mm. Uh, so I think we're going to get Daenerys sat on that Iron Throne, if if not just for a moment. Yeah. So what were your thoughts of this episode? Um, you said I mean, you I've... haven't read anything yet. No, um, I I did enjoy it. I really enjoyed it, if I'm honest. Um, I wasn't so keen on last week. Um, I imagine there will be some criticism about this episode. For some reason, it seems this season just can't do anything right. And uh, as I say, apart from last week, I've loved every episode of it so far, including the Battle of Winterfell. Um, It was shocking. The only thing I'd say, you know, maybe some of the deaths were a bit uh, quick and so maybe they didn't all have uh, an impact you couldn't sort of sit on them for a moment and it moved on but I thought it it really gave across the sense of sort of terror and holy shit she's gone full mad queen 
Um, and I'm very intrigued for next week. So I've not seen the promo yet. Have you? I, I haven't been watching them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been going in cold. Um, They're pretty good at misdirection, in fairness. Most of them make you think it's going one way and it goes another or all the footage has been from the first sort of 10 seconds of the episode. So they are safe to watch, but um, I, I'm not actually sure if I will, seeing as it's the finale. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I'm, I've been enjoying going in completely cold, not knowing what characters are going to show up or anything. Um, I, I loved this episode. I think... For me, the deaths had a bit more time to breathe in this one than they did in um, The Long Night. Uh, I definitely got more emotional for uh, like Varys' death and the Hound's death than I did for Jorah and Theon. Um, yeah. Even though but I... There were... Sorry, go on. No, I loved... I was going to say I loved Jorah. He was one of my favourites. But once the death came, it, it didn't hit me like some of the deaths this week did. No. And I think... But... I think also the characters that died this week were much bigger characters than uh, in The Long Night. I mean, I know Theon uh, and Jorah have been around for a long time, but, you know, we've just lost Cersei, the biggest heel on this show up until now, obviously with Daenerys, but the biggest consistent baddie on this show has just died. Jamie Lannister, gone. Uh, who else? The Hound, gone. The Mountain, gone. Faris, gone. Kyburn, gone. It's a lot of people to get rid of in 80 yeah, minutes. It is. Um, a lot of the criticism that I've read from the last couple of weeks is, is this Daenerys heel turn? Um, now, I've I've seen this coming from the beginning. I, and I'm not saying this in a I told you so kind of way. I'm just saying I think the signs have been there from the beginning. I don't think it's been a sudden thing that they've decided to make her the Mad Queen and gone all fan fiction-y with it, as some people have been saying. Um, the, the one thing that's always struck me was way, way back in season one when Cal Drogo killed her brother. And granted, her, her brother was a piece of shit and treated her cruelly, but also Cal Drogo had been raping her and then she just happened to <laughs> fall for him. And he doesn't just kill him, but pours a pot of molten gold on his head, killing him. And she just looks on blankly. The signs have been there. Absolutely. Uh, when I rewatched season seven, um, there was a few things that I picked up on. When she burnt the Tarleys. Absolutely. I, mean, I know, you know, you had Tyrion there saying, you don't have to do this, send him to the wall. But she was more than prepared to do it. She was happy to kill some of the masters. Um, obviously, she let one live. I think that was at the end of series six. She was happy to crucify some of the masters. Um, you know, the, the signs have always been there, but she's always thought that she's done it for a purpose, always for the greater good. Um, but she's, she's always been... had that blank stare when it happens, whereas John has had to kill people who's gone against his word, betrayed him, because he knows that's what you have to do. You can't look weak. Uh, he's done it multiple times, probably up until this episode, as as many times as Daenerys has. But you always see the pain and the struggle he's had to make that decision. And not regret, but the, like, I wish I didn't have to do that afterwards. Whereas well, Daenerys because... is blank and moves on. I think also, 
you know, John was taught by Ned, the person who passes the sentence, should swing the sword. And he's always felt pained about it, but felt it's his duty. And I know Daenerys is using her dragon, but it's not like she's swinging the sword as such. It's much easier for her to just go Dracarys and let the dragon do uh, her dirty work and for her not to feel like she's got blood on her hands or anything like that. There's no really? there's no sense of pain that, that John would get. Like when he killed Ollie, as much as Ollie did literally stab him to death, um, you know, he was him. still gutted by it. Yeah, yeah completely. So I, I think the signs have been there for a long time. And you said about how, like, the last two seasons, it's suddenly kind of going quick, like, moving quicker. They're hopping around place to place. It's, if you're going to pull this trigger on this heel turn, which, as I said, I think has been brooding for a while, you've got to do something big. So I think to some who've been maybe blinded by being Team Daenerys the whole time, this seems extreme but really this is the way they had to do it i think yep and they've really set us up nicely for next week with the final war although i'm not sure how much of a war it's going to be uh not sure how many is on either side uh and obviously one does still have a dragon but it's very interesting i think it's it's going to be john versus daenerys for the throne but i don't think either of them will be the one that ends up on it so interesting Right, so let's go into a bit of feedback and then I think we'll go with our final predictions um, and thoughts uh, before we sign off. Yeah. Uh, do you have the, the thread open? Uh, I don't, so I can get it open. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start off. Okay, MJ from NJ. Burn it down! Sorry, I had to. So after all of that, she torched the city, kills all sorts of people and she's the Mad Queen after all. I actually didn't think it was possible to feel bad for Cersei, but they gave Danny much more heel or dragon heat than I ever imagined. In the immediate aftermath, I'm struggling with the fact that nobody in the story has been worth backing, except Sansa and Arya. I'm out on Jon Snow. He's a bit of a wuss, a terrible general, and he can't get out of his own way. I'm not sure how they expect us to feel about these characters anymore, except that they all lack my support can't decide if it's due to poorly scripted final season, more about theatrics than character arcs and storytelling, or if the story was always going to have an unhappy ending. Prediction. Aya is going to take out Danny. With the capital gone, let's just shift things north and let Sansa be the babyface we always needed. Almost feels like Sophie Turner's babyface rise on social media is to correlate with her being the only likeable character by the end of this. Well, I think he's nailed it there, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, firstly, I love how I mean, we were doing it as well But I imagine pretty much every wrestling fan Is using wrestling terminology To describe what's going on in Thrones in a minute I, With heel turns and face turns Putting, like, you know The the hound in the mountain They went to a Broadway earlier You know, neither <laughs> man went over Yeah, I don't know how else to describe things anymore No uh, But the thing is, I, I say it to non-wrestling people And they just look at me Blankly, like, ah, oh, tonight Daenerys is definitely turning heel. <laughs> None of is this tweener shit she's been doing, like, turning full to <laughs> heel. Um, I think he nailed it, though, with the prediction as well. Um, that's what I was saying earlier that I'd bring up later on. I think it's probably going to be Sansa on the throne, if I'm honest. Um, and I agree, and I'd love I to take out Daenerys. I'm so into that. That's what I think is now top of her list. 
Um, I can see John having the throne and abdicating. He'll be warden of the North. That's about as much responsibility as he wants. And uh, Sansa be the queen. Okay. Uh, have you got the feedback loaded up there? Uh, I do hear we've got Eric from Sudbury. Um, this is a little bit different. This has somehow surpassed Dexter as the worst written final series, final season, sorry, to a great series I can recall. I don't want to waste any of your time by writing 50 paragraphs about my pure salty disappointment from this season. And I hope you found more enjoyment in it than me. Well, thanks, Eric. Uh, I can't believe what they did to Jamie Lannister. I used to tell people he was the most well-written character on television. Well, was I wrong. Years and years of character development for what? It must suck to be a fan of Daenerys. I'd bet my entire life savings, about $1.25. Bloody hell, Eric, more than me there, mate. Uh, do we get the most cliché John Kills Danny fan fiction ending for the next episode? I'm so salty, man. I guess I just wanted something else. Uh, uh, I think a lot of people share his opinion there. I think so. I I was going to bring this up later, but I think this is a perfect time to talk about it. I feel final seasons often leave people disappointed. Um, yeah. I think you build up with something, a show like this. I, I've said before, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Lost. And a lot of people, when I say that to, kind of roll their eyes, groan, and be like, oh, that had such a shit ending. And I question whether... Like, personally, I loved the ending. Um, Again, Lost was, as much as it was a show about mysteries, it was a show about characters. And you watch these characters develop from who they were in episode one to who they were at the end of episode of season six. And for me, they paid off the characters beautifully. Um, And they answered enough questions to keep me satisfied. Does a bad final episode or a bad final season ruin a show it i don't think it does but i can definitely see why people would say that is the case um you know it's almost like that's the thing you remember the most because it's the last thing and obviously um like lost thrones is a show that people have theorized about and uh sort of talked about online and posted theories and predictions for years now and it, it was never going to, I mean, I know it's getting quite a bit of flack at the moment anyway, but it was never going to satisfy everyone, no matter what they did. Um, I read a conspiracy theory the other day that said uh, George R.R. R. Martin actually has both books, uh, the last two books, already completed, but he wants to see how the ending he sort of pitched to the creators goes down so he can change it if he wants. <laughs> Um, which I, I mean, I guess that could be the case. Um, I, I don't, I don't dislike this season. As I say, I only really didn't like the last episode. Um, I think it's been good. I mean, what about yourself? I, I've enjoyed it as well. Each, each episode I've come out going, I, I really, I really enjoyed last week's episode and a lot of people, I mean, you said yourself, you weren't keen on last week's, um, I've been enjoying them every week and as I said it's a show about characters for me and I think Jamie's decisions this week which which as a character does undermine everything he's done the last few seasons also does feel real to me and we don't always like everyone's actions and this these are as much of a fant 
of a fantasy world this is, these are real people making real decisions that might not always be the right thing. And I think it's good to see people with these struggles and choose love over everything else they believe in, even if that is a poisonous love. For me, but... there's there's enough in each character that is is both bad and redeemable that it makes them interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely a series where where no one is entirely good. But we have had years of Jamie, you know, maybe not necessarily falling out of love with Cersei until maybe season seven um, after Tommen had died, but definitely seeing him grow and develop affection for other people and change his character. Um, and it just seems there's been no hint that he's been madly in love with Cersei the whole time. It, it just feels bizarre that, like, that's how he went out. It, it, I get what you mean, like, people can be bad, but there's been no hint of it. It's literally as if, because he walked away from Cersei at the end of last season and was seemingly prepared to get killed by the mountain. It's like he had sex with one other person and was like, oh, actually, nah, my sister was actually what I wanted this entire time. You've just proven it to me. But also think but, he's everyone staring death in the face at this point. And as much as Brienne might have made him happy, it's she she's only been in his life a little bit of time. Cersei has always been the one. And other people might come up that makes him think otherwise. But staring death in the face, knowing his sister's going to die, he's going to die most probably, it might just bring him to that realisation that he wants his last moments to be with a woman he loves, no matter what other people think about it. Well, I hope you got what he, I hope you got what he was looking for. <laughs> we go to Brendan from Stratford, Connecticut. I feel like this episode, though it was good, made a lot of the show seem rushed. I feel like this last season likely should have been two seasons, if not more. The ease with which Daenerys killed King's Landing really made me feel like the last two episodes at least, were written to make you think Cersei had a pretty good chance to win. Daenerys has lost half of her forces and two of her dragons, which were seen as vulnerable. Cersei had the same numbers, naval superiority, scorpions and a castle. None of it mattered. Jaime was right in season seven when he told Cersei they would lose. I'd go along with that. You see that uh, that scene last week where they approach the gates and Missandei has her head cut off. Daenerys' army looks tiny in compared yeah. to what Cersei had. And then it was pretty easy how they took out everyone. Yeah, it was like all they needed was a cloudy day and the dragons are back to being invincible once yeah. more. Um, going to Brendan's point that he felt like the last season should have been two seasons, I almost see last season and this season as the last season. Um, like this is part two of the season. Um, but yeah, absolutely. We touched on that earlier. It does seem rushed. People jump to places here, like from one episode to the next. There's no journey anymore. It's just action. But I feel there's, there's not much else you can do at this point. It's once you finally get to those big moments, it, it is going to feel rushed because it has built up for so long to get there. It's suddenly, oh, that was it. It's happened. Yeah, and I guess that, you know, that is why maybe Daenerys smashed King's Landing so quickly because you can't have that struggle and that uh, long period of a small army trying to take on 
the entire golden company that golden company were basically a red herring the entire time i think they lasted about three minutes yeah <laughs> and they were all just burnt to burnt to smithereens um and you know dragons are pretty powerful whether you have one or three yeah. i guess um i have some feedback from twitter oh okay. uh, i put out uh, earlier on that we were doing this uh, to tie it into wrestling uh, we have NXT UK's own Travis Banks, who said he actually <laughs> loved the episode. Um, someone's responded to him saying, Daenerys turned heel, 3.56 out of 10. And uh, Travis said, a lot of people were upset. However, it seemed it, however, it just seemed like it was always coming. He's more upset with Tyrion, which I do wonder why. What, what did Tyrion do wrong, Trav? I mean... Come on, man. Just believed in the wrong person, I think. Yeah, but, you know, he, as we said earlier, he's always been a good guy. Uh, he's he's never really been one to be malicious or he, he sees the good in everyone. Yeah. You know, he, he's not. That's why you don't really think of him as a Lannister. He shares no qualities uh, with any of those people. And uh, we've also got one here from Laura, friend of the show, and also my better half, as I said earlier. She said she loved the Hound's death. He went out like a trooper. Definitely true. Channeled his inner Roman Reigns, speared the living shit out of the mountain. Uh, Jamie's character arc was ruined, and I don't get why they did that at all. Absolutely agree. Didn't actually redeem himself at all in the end. Waste of time. I love Tyrion. Okay, we go to Tony. Admittedly, I'm all in with Game of Thrones, and I, it takes something absolutely ridiculous for me to be put off, but I think a lot of fans are being overly critical of this season. For episode 4 to be rated by far the worst episode of the series on IMDb is ridiculous to me. I'm not sure what people expect. I think on a rewatch, without the weight of expectation, this season will be viewed far more favourably. Can't wait until the final episode, but will be a little sad once my watch has ended. Oh. P.S. I hate Bran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, as I was saying earlier, I think going into a last season, especially a show like this where you can theorise, that's why I love shows like this, shows like Lost, shows like Breaking Bad, is, is the chat between each week. Uh, that keeps it alive and keeps you theorising. But I also think it can be detrimental because people start getting upset when it doesn't necessarily go the way they think it was going to go and also you've got that sadness knowing it's coming to the end i think it's really hard to wrap up a great series with everyone being happy yeah definitely and i defy anyone to say with a straight face that last week's episode was worse than that one a few seasons back which ended with ramsey raping sansa like come on that was awful and you're telling me uh, last week's episode was worse than that. Have a word. <laughs> right. Do you want to go to the next one? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, we've got Breng77. I like the season. I just think it's too rushed. Common theme coming through here. Uh, it feels like too much to wrap up in six episodes. Even with four being longer episodes, it still only comes to about seven episodes worth of time. It, it is weird that they've done this series and last series on a reduced sort of schedule. Yeah. Um, we go back to MJ from NJ who says, 
It's been a cinematic achievement the likes we've never seen on TV, but when the source material ran dry, their shortcuts to get to the end point have been obvious, tropey, and flat-out lazy at times. By comparison to the entire season, this has earned its criticism more than it earned the payoffs, which is something the show was known for among TV critics. When you spend years building characters and arcs to just yada yada the ending, it's hard for it to be viewed in the same positive light. And then we've got RTH here. It feels rushed. Danny's heel turn felt like a Vinnie Mac angle. <laughs> One week of build, no real reason, no real payoff. It's more of a spectacle than a good ending. We deserve a full season, not this rushed ending. There's um, nothing wrong with a Vinnie Mac spectacle, <laughs> is there? Yeah, and as we said earlier, I, I personally disagree. I think this has been an eight-season build to this moment for Daenerys. But yeah, everyone's welcome to their opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's part of the joy of the show, isn't it? We have Breng77 again. It is rushed, but she has had plenty of reason. They just shoved all most of the reasons at us in the last four episodes. She has given up everything for Westeros, and the people don't love her and are supporting her enemies. Hard to argue, I guess. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe not me and you, but, uh, yeah, we're with you but there. everyone else. Everyone else. Uh, and then we've got Elliot316 here. <laughs> that Danny Hill term was up there with Mark Henry with his salmon jacket taking out John Cena. <laughs> Brilliant. And finally, we have Andrew from Chilo, Chino, California. My mind is blown. There is a lot of criticism for this season. Do you guys think it's ruining the reputation of the show? Also, if John would have gave Danny some loving instead of acting like kissing his smoking hot aunt was gross, would they have all survived? Love when you guys break down stuff Stuff other than wrestling. You guys are the best. Thank you very much. Um, I think time will tell. I think initial reactions um, aren't really necessarily... I think this show is definitely going to stand the test of time. I think people might look back on this last season a lot more favourably than they are in the moment. I think everyone's just caught up in the hype and for some people the disappointment. Um, I I have high expectations for the finale next week. I have enjoyed this season, no matter what other people are saying. Um, and personally, I don't think a bad final season ruins the show. But I know a lot of people out there disagree. Like, a lot of people feel the prequels ruined Star Wars. For me, I feel, no, the original three Star Wars are still great films, and just because you have bad prequels doesn't make those films bad, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, if the series finished next week with it cutting to an old Sam reading this from a book, I think then I would say it ruined the whole series. Um a lot but, of people have been calling no, that. I just don't feel I that know. feels thronesy at all. It doesn't, but I've also seen the prediction that it'd be George Martin himself playing him. Yeah, which I've heard that I too. I could vaguely see, and that would just be <laughs> god-awful. I I think Ramsey said it best. If you think this has a happy ending, uh, you've not been paying attention, but I think it, it is probably going to have a happy ending, isn't it? The, the chance to do that was the Night King. Unless we just have Daenerys burn everyone to the ground. Burn it become, down. Yeah. Become Queen of the Ashes. Right. So now, finally, before we go into the final episode next week, 
Let's go into our predictions. So starting off with, I'm going to list uh, some characters who I believe are the only ones left. I've, I'm not including people like Hot Pie and Mira because I, I think <laughs> I think they're done now. Um, I'd love a Hot Pie appearance though. That'd be a laugh. Hot Pie gets the throne at the end. <laughs> I'm into it. Think of all the bread. So I'm going to just list off some names and I want you to say... Uh, will they survive or die? And if they die, by like, how are they going to die? Okay. So, I'm going to start with Podrick. Alive. Alive. Grey Worm. Dead. Taken out by who? Uh, in battle. I don't know necessarily by who, but he'll die in battle between Daenerys and Jon. I'm going to say Grey Worm and Jon to kill him. Ooh. Will we get a Yara appearance next week? No. I agree. Gendry. Alive. Alive? Alive. Tormund, will we see him again? Oh, I hope we do, but I really do think that might be it for him. I agree. Bronn, will we see him again? Yes. Will he survive? And I think he'll survive. I'm going to say he dies saving Tyrion. Oh, no. I, I think Tyrion's unsavable next week, oh, to be no. honest. Oh, no. Sir Davos. Alive. I agree. Will we see Samuel Tarly again? I fucking hope not at the end. So I'm going to say no. I agree. Brienne. Yes. Uh, we will see her and... She will die. Die saving Sansa? Yes, it'll be Daenerys who offs her. I agree. Bran? Yeah, he'll he'll make it. He'll make it? Yeah. Arya? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think Bran will make it. Arya Stark? Arya will make it. I agree. Sansa? Will make it. Uh, no, actually. No, Ooh. I think Daenerys will kill her. Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to say Sansa survives. Tyrion. Oh, he's definitely gone. Daenerys. Oof. She's on a spree next week. She's mm. going to be looking at getting a chopper gunner with this kill streak. I think you're right. Yeah. Daenerys. Will die. Jon Snow. Jon Snow will Or I... No, I think it will be Jon Snow, but I hope it's Arya. I'm going to say Arya. And finally, Jon Snow. Will live. Okay, I agree. I think Jon will live. Who will be the hand of the king or queen at the end of the series? My boy Davos Seaworth. Yes, I agree. I think he will be the hand. And who will... So into that. So you think a couple of people might be on the throne next week? So... Yeah. I, well, I could see them going... I think it's unlikely, but I could see John winning and then being like, I don't want it, and giving it to Santa. But I think more than likely he will become king. Okay. But realistically, as I say, Santa's dying and John left the throne. I think the first scene of next week could be Daenerys walking down that hallway and sitting on the Iron Throne. Yeah. Um, oh, 
I agree with that entirely. And I think... Uh, like, part of me can see Gendry getting it. Him being legitimised felt like, you know, they're not thrown out there for nothing. I know, that's if what i everyone I'm... else dies. But that's, that's it. I think John has to die for Gendry to get it. Unless um, he gives abdicates. it... So, yeah, I'm going to... Fuck it's it. It's all I, up in the air. I'm going to say Gendry on the throne at the end with Sansa ruling the north. Um, John dead? No, I think all, this, all the remaining Starks, and I'm counting John there as a Stark, are going to survive. Um, yeah, so Gendry on the throne, Sansa ruling the north. Arya just... Uh, yeah, she'll be Murphy chilling out with people. Gendry. She'll be like... I won't be a lady, but I'll be a bro, bro, or something she, like that. She could be like head of the King's Guard if yes. Gendry was on the throne. I love that idea. Um, okay, so that is it for this week. Thank you for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I look forward to, yeah, hit us both up on Twitter throughout the week. Let us know what you think is going to happen. Who's going to be the, who's going to take the throne? Also, Send us some memes. I'm loving these Game of Thrones memes at the moment. I think they've been awesome and they really Possibly make my day. don't send me anything next Monday uh, up until about maybe 3 o'clock Eastern, just in case I don't watch after work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I, I will honestly die if any of the finale is spoiled for me next week. I did well today. Avoided everything. Yeah. Good. I'd like to watch it live, but 2am in it hey call in sick oh, i can't but i may make up a doctor's appointment yes and i mean if anyone from my work is listening to this i'm fucked but fingers crossed no you, you think <laughs> you've got a touch of what is it grayscale uh yeah something like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> right anyway well mike do you want to plug your instagram and twitter for our up next listeners uh, I am at Hogan Bay on Twitter. That's B-E-Y-Y, not the B-A-E. And on Twitter, I'm the same, but there's a dot in between Hogan and Bay. Perfect. And you can find me at uh, Twitter on at Davy Portman. And it's same on Instagram at Davy Portman. Also, make sure you follow uh, Brayden, my regular co-host at the Bray D. Tell him what an idiot he is for not watching this show. Yeah, give him loads of shit. And spell his name wrong as well. He oh, he, he loves hilarious. being called Brandon. Call him Brandon. He loves that. Yeah. And uh, Brayden and I will be out with another show this Thursday, uh, reviewing this week's edition of NXT. And we're also both going to try and go and see Detective Pikachu this week. And we will have... Uh, our Pokemon, the first movie, Mew versus Mewtwo review, along with our thoughts and opinions on Detective Pikachu, coming out either at the end of this week or early next week. So make sure you leave us some feedback on the forum for that movie review as well. And Please video yourself singing the theme tune. I think everyone would really appreciate that. <laughs> See if there is any karaoke bar in Toronto that you can sing the, uh, the Pokemon theme to. I'm sure it's probably at one of the Korean karaoke bars by mine. They've got to have it. That would be insane. Please do that. And Mike and I are going to do this again next Monday, going all over the season and series finale 
of oh. Game of Thrones. It's so emotional. Thank so you for emotional. listening. Be good, yes, be thank safe. you very much. Ahoy! Peace. Macy's Friends and Family Sale. With an extra 30% off the gifts you'll love to give. And get 15% off beauty with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of big savings, like 25% off dressed up designer looks for kids from Calvin Klein and more. Plus an extra 25% off luggage from Samsonite, Delsey and more. Download the free Macy's app for more great deals at Macy's. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard to recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Cause plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard to recycle plastics can be so much more participate in the hefty energy bag program happening in your neighborhood today